Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a special episode of Uncanny Treks. You probably heard we've got a, a new DC Universe coming our way, sort of, or maybe it's the same DC Universe, but just with new creative personnel. It's all maybe a little unclear at this point, but the next five years or so of it are going to be called Gods and Monsters. So, you know, Matt, I thought I would use this as an opportunity to coerce you into watching one of my favorite DC animated films, Justice League, colon, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, I uh, was excited about this because I was thinking, hmm, maybe this will give us some hints about what James Gunn has planned in, you know, for this new DC Universe thing coming out. And uh, nope. no, I don't think this is it, Bob. But this is a fantastic nope. story and well worth your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, stick around for our discussion of the animated film Justice League Gods and Monsters. And then uh, after that, we'll have a brief discussion of what we know so far about the upcoming Gods and Monsters chapter of the DCU. Uh, Matt, before we get into the movie, do you know uh, where that line, Gods and Monsters, comes from? Okay, uh, I think it's from, is it Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, very good, very good. Okay. Yeah, so there's a there's an evil mad scientist in uh, Bride of Frankenstein who, in a very queer coded way, it's great, is trying to seduce Doctor Henry Frankenstein back into creating life, and he says something to the effect of, uh, "Let us create a new world of gods and monsters." Yes, and that's yeah. kind of what this is. It's 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 uh, you know there's some monsters here, there's some gods here. Are they evil? Are they not? Yeah, we kind of don't really know until the end, right? Like, which way will our Superman in particular take, right? Correct. Creative name, folks. Creative name. <laughs> I'm glad James Gunn is going to steal it from you. There, you know, there's a lot that's worth stealing from Bride of Frankenstein. It's a great movie. Much better than the first Frankenstein, ironically. <laughs> um, but I, I watched this uh, last year, and I really liked it then. But man, I kind of forgot how dark it is. Or maybe this just didn't register. But, like, literally the Justice League Gods and Monsters movie opens with Jor-El and Lara about to do the Matrix rocket thing to send little Superman, little Kal-El to Earth, right? And this is, like, straight out of the John Byrne Superman where it's not a baby in the uh, rocket, but it's, like, the genetic Matrix and the baby will be born once it hits Earth. But uh, good old Drew Zod, General Drew Zod, burst in and, like, symbolically rapes Lara by putting his genes in the Matrix instead of Jor-El's. It's like, man, this is intense. Yeah, this was messed up, Bob. It took me halfway through the film before the symbolism actually hit me, though. And then I was mm -hmm. like, damn. Like, Zod raped Laura. Bad, 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 bad. Assuming they're going with, like, the John Byrne version of Krypton, like, I think this is as close to sex as any Kryptonians ever get. Like, they don't... On the John Byrne Krypton, I think the idea is that they don't, like, ever unveil themselves or ever touch each other. They just do this kind of, like, remote conception. I remember there was a scene in, I think it's in Man of Steel 1, that always stuck with me as a kid, but I didn't fully understand what was going on because I was a stupid kid. But it's like Jor-El is showing Laura an image of Earth, and it's like a picture of a dude without his shirt on working in Kansas. Right. And she's yeah. like super horrified and scandalized by it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So that's how this movie opens, Bob. Let me ask you this, though. Do you have a favorite design of like Jor-El and Laura? Because this was not mine. This was never mine. Like, I, I never mm. liked this design, even though it's the one we grew up with as kids. Mm -hmm. um, I, saying favorite is a strong term, but because I don't, I don't have, I don't have strong opinions. Well, about Bob, do you have one Krypton? that you prefer? Well, <laughs> given multiple I, options, 
Yeah, I would I would say my mind always defaults to thinking about it in the John Byrne style because that's oh, wow. what we grew up okay. with. And unlike you, I don't think I ever watched the the Christopher Reeve Superman movies all the way through as a kid. Like I saw bits and pieces, but I don't uh, think okay. I ever watched them all the way through. Yeah, see, when I think of Jarell and Laura, I immediately go to the Marlon Brando with the all white and glowing stuff going on. You know that that was my take on Jarell and Laura. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't care for the look that they did with the Cavill Superman. I did like the armored look that they had in the animated series. If I remember right, the animated series was sort of a combination of the movie John Byrne and then also the Fleischer Superman aesthetic. Yes. That, that's sort of... it, it took the best of everything and just kind of put it all together. But yeah, that '90s animated series is so good, and it's not—it's not appreciated for how good <laughs> how good it was. Well, it was overshadowed by Batman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't as good as the Batman one, but it was still so good. All right, so we get another kind of interesting spin on the Superman mythos, and, you know, it kind of fits the Bush-Obama-Trump era, I guess Biden era too, where we have Southwestern farmers that find Lorzad's rocket and, you know, being uh, red state reactionaries, immediately call in the government and Lex Luthor. However, uh, Mexican migrants are passing through. They've already found the baby, and uh, they flee and hide with him. And I'm just going to call our Superman in this movie Lorzod because it seems that seems to be kind of the way they're going with him right he's right kind of like the yeah after watching this and after reading the nail and all these other like takes on you know red sun rocket yeah red sun I think DC should do a really stupid project where like a writer from every state produces a short story about what life would be like if Superman grew up in their respective state and then put them all in a book <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. It would be I fun. Would be yeah, it would be it really would be stupid, stupid, but it would be fun. <laughs> would be yeah, fun. yeah. Although my, maybe my suggestion would be to do like a writer from every every region of the U.S., but then also do some other countries. That might be fun. No, Bob. Superman's so, American. I only want him in America. <laughs> America. America. <laughs> It's, 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 it's not truth, justice in the global way, Matt. It's, it's truth, justice in the American way. Exactly. <laughs> Why do I care what um, happens to Superman if he lands in China? all right so that we get early in the film our first appearance of our darker trinity you know the trinity of batman superman and wonder woman and you know as these original animated movies from dc sometimes do they got relatively big names uh this time they all came from tv procedurals so we have uh benjamin bratt uh from law and order is voicing the laura zod superman we got your boy michael c hall from dexter voicing the kirk langstrom batman and then we've got Tamara Taylor from Bones and I guess also Altered Carbon voicing Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, when I first saw the designs for these characters, specifically like in the uh, in just the, the still image, you know, when you select it on HBO Max, I was <laughs> like, these, are, these aren't that great looking. But uh, after I learned more about them and the backstories that they came up with and everything, I, I really started to get drawn toward them. I, I think they're, they're pretty solid. I was really psyched that Michael C. Hall was voicing Batman, but I could when I read that before watching the film, I could never get like the image of Bruce Wayne with Michael C. Hall's voice to like work mm. in my head. Mm. So but then I found out it's Kirk Langstrom, so I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. So smart idea on their part because I don't think Hall could play a good Bruce Wayne. And then did you recognize uh, Taylor from Altered Carbon? I did. Yeah, she played like a lawyer character in season one. Um, 
I'm really pissed though that show was not renewed for a third season. They could have gone so long with that show, and just, I mean, it literally set up to where they could create whatever they wanted whenever they wanted sci-fi. Yeah, because there's several novel sequels, right? Oh yeah, like and they're a, all completely yeah. different. Like even the way mm-hmm. they're, you know, it's it's primarily about being like resleeved. Like you know, after you die, you can go into another mm-hmm. body. Your conscience carries over. So like the first season served one actor. And the second season, I can't remember the guy's name, but the second season, uh, Anthony Mackie was the main character. Oh, nice, nice. Same name, same memories, but just, you know, different Different, look. different body, different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to watch that show. I, I, I haven't, but it's on it's on the list to get to at some point. And then, Matt, did you recognize who our new Wonder Woman was? I, I didn't the first time I saw this. Yeah, I didn't have a clue until we got the uh, flashback to the what I've, I've termed the Red Wedding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just to go ahead and tell people, she's Becca, who's Orion of the New Gods' wife. Although Becca isn't often included in the New Gods stuff. I don't think she was created till the 80s, and she just doesn't show up that much, sadly. So, Matt, do you hate Steve Trevor? Uh, I feel like Steve Trevor should always require, like, Wonder Woman's boyfriend in front of his name. Because that's his significance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah, need like, all this general G.I. Joe shit that they have him doing. It's just Yeah. I've never been a big fan of Steve Trevor, but especially since I I date it to the new fifty two, they've tried to turn him into, like you say, General G.I. Joe or Nick Fury. I just hate that. I hate that so much. But yeah, like you had in the sixties, the Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane comic, you should definitely they should definitely make Wonder Woman's boyfriend Steve Trevor comic. That would be pretty funny. They really should. I mean, that's that's what I think of him as, and it's just leave him at that. Yeah, and then so we see uh, Kaznia mentioned in this um, as like where these some of the characters are from, and that's a a fictional country that I think they made up in uh, Superman the animated series and Justice League the animated series. Yeah, it was primarily from the uh, the Bruce Timm stuff. That's the place with Queen Audrey, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. I think so. So, Matt, is it satisfying or is it just overdone at this point in superhero media to just watch our dark trinity just murder some dudes? I mean, it was fun and you knew it was coming because anytime the Justice League is different or, you know, quote unquote bad, they're they're murdering people left and right because we have to make sure that the viewing audience knows that these are not the regular Justice League that we're used to. <laughs> these are not the Justice Leaguers you're looking for. No. Uh, so the first three villains we see are our Justice League face are Blockbuster, Livewire, and Bronze Tiger. Did you have any thoughts on the Bronze Tiger design? Okay, Bob, so I was reading an article while researching this film, and they said that the three people were Solomon Grundy, Livewire, and Cheetah. So <laughs> I mean, I sort of see that, but it's also like, damn, they really weren't paying attention because it's like, Bronze Tiger is a man, and Blockbuster is not a zombie. Yeah, so so to answer your question, like with the Bronze Tiger thing, uh, apparently people just thought that was a gender swap cheetah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is a gender swap cheetah, but I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Bronze Tiger. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying these are, you know, whatever source I was reading, uh, these are the ones that your school teachers were warning you about. <laughs> I do. So we get a dynamic between uh, Dark Batman and Dark Superman, where it's like Dark Batman is the spot to like Dark Superman, kind of like ambitious Kirk. And I thought that was a kind of interesting character dynamic. You sometimes see people kind of write Superman as Kirk and Batman as Spock, but it's kind of interesting to see it like in this kind of darker, more world bestriding ambitions context. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed that dynamic as well. I, I do feel like Michael C. Hall, though, has typecast himself 
in these roles where he doesn't show the like he's just emotionless. You know what I mean? Very. You know, yeah. Did the, you ever watch Six Feet Under? I watched some of it. Yeah. Wasn't his character similar to Dexter Morgan? Or am I wrong? I, I think so, but I I didn't watch. That's like the big HBO show that I've only watched like maybe two episodes of. It's yeah. What I've always meant to watch more of, but yeah, I I was wondering if he was a similar affect to Dexter in that. I think he was, but I'm not sure. That's what was so crazy when he played JFK in that one film. I just kept seeing like Dexter trying oh, to pretend to be when JFK. When did he play JFK? Oh, it was uh, the crown. <laughs> really? Oh my God. I can't believe that Alan has been like railing at me about the crown for like what feels like a decade. But the fact that Michael C. Hall was JFK never came up. As I recall, he doesn't at all stretch uh, his acting range with this, but have you ever seen a little movie called Cold in July? No, I haven't. I, I actually really like it. It's just a it's just a very kind of like low-stakes Texas crime movie, but it's got Michael C. Hall, Sam Shepard, and Don Johnson. It's pretty good. It's it's worth watching. The, for a connection, um, you remember the, the Jonah Hex episode of Batman the Animated Series? Yes. The dude who wrote that episode wrote the novel that Cold in July is based on, Joe Lansdale. Wow, okay. It's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. The world is so much smaller than we think it is. All right. (laughs) So, Matt, we see a lot of killer robots uh, coming after our mad scientist in this movie. When you initially saw them, did you think they were Apocalyptin, Reach, OMAC, something else? I thought they were OMAC at first. Yeah, that was kind of where I was at, too. I think the Batman was the first one we're introduced to, and it looked like an OMAC. With the... <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fair. That's fair. And then did uh, the movie successfully manipulate your emotions about Ray Palmer's miniature ponies? Yeah, I was so happy for the ponies because they made sure to specifically show us that the horses were running from that destroyed truck. Of course, then this led into them being like eaten by an animal. So I was like, <laughs> but. But at least it was only one miniature pony. The others are presumably living happily in the forest. Oh, no, they'll probably be eaten as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably. It's, dark, it's This is a dark movie. Comics just aren't for kids anymore, yes. kids. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, we have Will Magnus, who you may know as the Professor X to the Metal Men's X-Men. And in this version, he's an old college friend of uh, Langstrom's and also of Ray Palmer. And he's married to Tina, who, you know, in the comics would be Platinum, uh, the, the, the female member of the Metal Men. And then he's using another Metal Men robot, Tin, as a servant. Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, Platinum does show up in this. And when Tina is Platinum, she is topless, apparently. Well, you know, Matt, the comics aren't just for kids anymore, and this is an original movie for adults. Even though it's animated, it's for adults, Matt. I was so confused by the design. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, I guess metal's really cold, but at the same time, I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense with her. With the, no, it, it, it's well. At th- at this point, we think she's a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, yeah towards the beginning of the movie, yes, but then we eventually learn that she is platinum, and for some reason, she is portrayed as topless i'm guessing is what they were well, looking for i mean i think the sense we get is that will magnus is a pervert and you know yeah, <laughs> designed her yeah designed her in that way but even though this uh film is not for kids matt we sure have an annoying kid that's a uh, one victor stone yeah that little shit curses not even just not once but twice yeah yeah so matt this is uh maybe a controversial statement 
but I get the feeling that this movie and recent comics think that Silas Stone, the father of Cyborg, a.k.a. Victor Stone, is actually more interesting than Victor. And, you know, I can't say I disagree with them. Yeah, seeing an older black dude with gun arms is definitely, like, interesting to me. Fair, fair. <laughs> so, Matt, is it just me, or is this portrayal of Lois Lane as, like, an angry, short-haired feminist, like, pretty sexist? It's ridiculously sexist. Like, you know, she's a career woman. She doesn't need a man. And she doesn't have time to wash her long hair, so she just keeps it short. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh... Batman, Matt, he's framed for killing Victor Freeze. Uh, Wonder Woman is framed for killing Ray Palmer. And Superman is framed for killing Victor and Silas Stone. And they made sure to explain how they knew it was Wonder Woman because, you know, her little feminine foot kicked Palmer's truck. They took your little girly footprint off the side of his pickup, and that's how they knew it was you, Wonder Woman. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, that, that bothered me. I don't, yeah. <laughs> okay. maybe, maybe, yeah, in hindsight, maybe that wasn't There, the there could have been other ways to explain that. Yeah, it's your little yeah. bitty foot. So we, we find out that all, all uh, three of the four murder victims are, you know, Luther's boys, which is to say the members of his scientist club. And then we meet the other Luther's boys, who presumably all will be targets of these OMAC-looking robots. And we've got John Henry Irons, uh, who's, you know, Steel in the regular comics. T.O. Morrow, who's a mad scientist Justice League foe that you might know from our X-Men 92 versus Young Justice coverage. Michael Holt. Do you know who Michael Holt is, Matt? I cannot remember what he did. He's Mr. Terrific. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. Yeah, and that's, that's why he names it Operation Fair Play. And then how about, uh, how about Pat Dugan? Do you know Pat Dugan? No. Uh, that is uh, Stargirl's uh, stepdad. He's the guy who does Stripe. Okay. Emil Hamilton, I know. That's that's one I for sure know from Superman. Yeah, yeah. He's Initially, he's a villain, but then he's Superman's uh, buddy. And then we find out, no, no, he's really a really cool villain named Ruin. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, Karen Beecher, we also know from our Young Justice coverage, right? She's Bumblebee. Bumblebee, yeah. Yeah, Bumblebee. yep. Thaddeus Savannah is the old Captain Marvel foe. Uh, did you know who Kimio Hoshi was, Matt? No, I didn't know who that one was. That's uh, Dr. Light, the the oh, non-rapey non Dr. Light. The non, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the better Dr. Light. Um, and then finally, we had Stephen Shin, who's the one I didn't uh, recognize the first time I saw this. I any idea who he is? Not a clue. No, he had no idea who he was. He's a marine biologist, Matt. He oh, was introduced. He was in there too. Yeah, he was an Aquaman supporting character in the New 52. Yeah. <laughs> it's a regular DC Comics Mensa meeting is what this is, Bob. Yeah, but Matt, for those of us who resent smart people, this was nice because we get to see them all brutally murdered. <laughs> Every one of them gets killed. Sadly, uh, Pamela Isley, a.k.a. Poison Ivy, you know, she's cool enough to supply the DC Mensa with weed, but she's not cool enough to be a member. I, I felt that was a little unfair. So Matt, I don't know that I've ever seen the comics or uh, the animation, although I don't even know if they've been in animation, but I don't know if I've ever seen the comics link the Metal Men to Nanites before, but I guess it does make a lot of sense. Like, that's a good explanation. It really does. You know, I haven't read much with Metal Men in it other than some crossover issues they did with Superman a long, yeah, long time ago. Yeah, same, same. But uh, the Nanites are kind of a logical way to explain how they have their powers. I kind of look forward to James Gunn taking that and making a Metal Men movie. Come on, James Gunn. Oh. 
I guess I was wrong. The Metal Men were in, I forgot they were in Batman Brave and the Bold. Although, really, they make that in Batman Brave and the Bold, they kind of make Will Magnus seem more like the hero than the Metal Men. It's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I honestly, like, if James Gunn had announced a Metal Men cartoon instead of a Creatures Commandos cartoon, I would be more excited, I, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a more recognizable property. Yeah. So Lorazad, uh, Superman, he, he doesn't have a cape mat. He's too dark. He's too cool for a cape. He's got a trench coat, but it still flutters when he flies. Is that a, is that awesome or is it played out? I thought it was awesome, Bob. It hit me every single time it happened because it happened like five times. Uh, <laughs> I was like the Leo meme pointing at the fucking TV. Like, you know, it looks like a cape. <laughs> it looks like a damn cape. Look at it. Just as long as you're not the Soy Jack character pointing, <laughs> better to be the Leo <laughs> pointing. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, we get a kind of frustrating interview uh, between Lois and Lor, um, which I, I honestly was kind of interesting. It was like a kind of frustrating replay of like Superman 1 or the animated series. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was way different from what we were used to. You know, Once again, we got to remind the audience, this is not the same guy. Yeah, this is not the Superman you know. This is not your daddy's Superman. This is a different this one's Superman. Not for kids. Folks. Not he for kids. He can't handle interviews. <laughs> and then we have the big reveal after a lot of teasing that Amanda Waller is the president. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we have uh, Karen Beecher just not be impressed by Batman at all, which I thought was pretty funny. And most importantly, the thing that really made the whole movie worth it for me is we get to see Becca Wonder Woman beat the shit out of Steve Trevor. Yeah, she threw that man into a weight set, Bob. Like, he should be dead. <laughs> he should be, like, dead, dead. He should. He should. Yeah. I, hey, man, I, I, I would like that. I would like that. So, Matt, what did you think of our whole Red Wedding flashback with Becca Wonder Woman? Like, I really like that whole wedding segment. Uh, you know, Orion taking Becca on a ride through Apocalypse or New Genesis or wherever it was was like very reminiscent of, you know, Superman flying Lois over Metropolis, you know, or had that like, it kind of reminded me of Aladdin on the magic carpet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the wedding gift Orion gives to Becca of a mother box sword, that's really cool. And as far as I know, that's not in regular continuity. It should be. It's it's a neat idea. Yeah, we need to see that weapon. Like, that's pretty badass. And any yeah, hero they yeah. give it to would be even cooler with it. So do it. It's also really interesting to see the new Genesons or the new gods. Well, I guess you should call them the new Genesons because the new gods include the Apocalyptans too. Uh, be really, really ruthless and do the Red Wedding. Like that's I don't think I've ever seen uh, the new Genesons be portrayed in that light before. That was kind of cool. Oh, they were badass. You, you kind of I kind of want to see more of them. They were really big in the early '90s, like in Superman, because I remember reading yeah, a lot of their stuff. Yeah. And then, but I knew, never knew anything about them. I also had all the, like, the DC trading cards. I have them as characters, but I didn't have a clue, you know, who they were, other than Mr. Miracle. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're a strange bunch of characters. I like them, but they're a strange bunch of characters. Yeah. So uh, we have the kind of creepy and a little bit uh, perverted realization that Tina has actually been dead for years because of a DV incident. And so the Tina we've been seeing is actually Platinum, the, the robot that Will Magnus designed to replace her. And then we also see uh, Luther up and hiding out in his uh, space station, becoming more and more like Metron of the New Gods. Speaking of the New Gods. Yeah, did you get like hulking vibes from him? <laughs> uh, 
No, I, I was more on that Metron kick, which oh. I felt really kind of vindicated when he shows up later in the Mobius chair. You know, I was like, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were right. And I mean, man, I like this movie. Um, and I like like you, I especially like the uh, the Becca origin. But I, I would say as a slight criticism, this movie maybe spends too much time on the origins. I don't know, especially like, I feel like the whole Batman Metal Men thing was maybe a little more drawn out than it needed to be. Come on, Bob. We have to know how Batman became a vampire. I mean, it's it, it's pretty quick. You know, it's just you just one one injection and you're there. I well, mean, got to know why Wonder Woman has red hair because that's confusing. Yeah, yeah. And why does Batman wear a Matrix jacket and not a cape? You know, these are things we have to know, Bob. We have to so, know. Why. I mean, is your explanation just that no son of uh, Drew Zod could ever wear a cape? It would always and only be a Matrix jacket. Exactly. That's what <laughs> makes Zod different from Superman. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. It's, it turns out it's just Kate versus uh, Kate versus Trench. That's all. That's it comes why it's down so to. badass when Superman wears that black costume that one time. Matt, are you talking about his uh, Kryptonian rebirth suit or whatever it's called? <laughs> hey, man, I had I had the action figure that came with a damn big gun. That was yeah. a cool fucking action figure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it came with two missiles as well, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it did because you you needed more than one missiles. Um, so, you know, we've made Superman dark. We've made Batman and Wonder Woman dark. We've made the Metal Men super, super dark. <laughs> yeah, I'm, once again, guys, I'm going to Terminator 2 here. Metal Men, Terminator 2. Yeah. I, it's, it's there. The way yeah, they... no. I mean, I feel like the Metal Men cartoon, when James Gunn makes it, should just be a lighthearted thing. But I guess, you know, this movie and, and Matt would really encourage James Gunn to take it in the Terminator 2 direction. <laughs> Go for it. Not Terminator. And, well, Terminator 1's okay. Not Terminator 3, guys. Yeah, j j just Terminator 2. You know, Matt, honestly, I've got to say, I've watched three Terminator movies, and the only one I like is the first one. I actually don't think the second one is that good. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Well, since Matt's Matt's getting hostile and we've already brought up what James Gunn should do with uh, the Metal Men, should we transition over into talking a little bit about the other gods and monsters? That is to say, the proposal for the first five years or so of the new DC Universe? That's right, folks. We are going to be talking about these rumors that have been... Well, they're not rumors. Some are... Well, I don't know. Some of it is kind of rumorish. I feel like I get multiple stories, then I'll talk to you about it, and you'll say, that's not what I read. And I'm like, shit, are we getting wrong information? I think the projects are are established. Like, we... You know, whether they'll come to pass is another thing entirely, but they're... that I think we know what the plan is, more or less. Yeah, we, we have an idea of what's coming out. So, let's just start off, Bob, with the cartoons. What's the first cartoon, Bob? Well, sadly, it's the only cartoon, Matt, which I, I was a little depressed about. I, I would have liked to see more. That's the only superhero type of superhero media I really like, <laughs> besides comics, of course. The cartoon is the Creature Commandos. Um, I've never really read any Creature Commando comics, but as I understand it, their deal is is that they're, you know, your sort of universal classic movies, um, a Wolfman, a, a Frankenstein, a, a vampire, and they, uh, you know, they're commandos in World War II and they kill Nazis. That's, I think that's it. So yes, you were right. I, I guess I was wrong. You were like, oh, Amanda Waller is going to be it. And I was like, well, Matt, that's not, that's not in the summary I read, but I guess See, Amanda Waller is going to be it. this is where the confusion lies, Bob, because I'm kind of wondering if what I read was incorrect or maybe... Was just, <laughs> people start connecting the dots immediately and like it doesn't work that way yeah yeah well it's also like i mean certainly you could have waller run the creature commandos but i mean also like 
I don't know. Would it? Does it really make a difference? No, not really. But uh, I, I did a little research on creature commandos because I was confused by who they actually were. I looked up and I saw that we have Dr. Phosphorus, who I'm familiar with, is on the team. Frankenstein, oh, Weasel, the one you know from uh, Suicide Squad, he may be making a comeback. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. I thought they were more just your straight up Universal Monsters. I think the original version was more the the Universal Monsters, but then maybe in later form they they brought on like your Weasel and your your Doctor Fosters. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. See, my original thought was that it was going to be like Killer Croc and King Shark or some shit like that because you know they're creatures, huh. but. Then I looked up the team and saw this was like one of the more recent iterations of it. So I was like, oh, maybe that's what they'll go with. All right, so that's the only cartoon, Bob. That's very disappointing. I really want yeah. to see, you know, Legion or Batman or something. Well, presumably, uh, presumably the Superman and Batman animated series they've talked about are still going to happen. Like, I because I think timeline wise, they're probably pretty far along with them. You know? Yeah. I think they're I think they're supposed to come out later this year, or early next year. Although it also sounds like in the new regime at HBO Max, they may not be on HBO Max. They may sell them to like Netflix or something. And then I'm less hopeful, but I think in theory we're still getting that Legion of Superheroes show too. But I'm I'm less optimistic about that. Well, Bob, when it comes to TV series, we've we've got the TV series coming for sure. Yeah, we've got plenty of TV series. So we've got Waller. We've got what I'm going to call from now on True Lantern. And then we also have what I'm going to call from now on Amazons of Thrones. And then finally, the one we've all been waiting for, Matt, Booster Fucking Gold. Yeah, so Waller is supposed to be a continuation of Peacemaker, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Well, and I also, I read somewhere that Peacemaker Season 2 is on hiatus for now. Right, and it's because James Gunn is currently working on the Superman Legacy movie and can't do Peacemaker Season 2. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're so busy. With your shit, you can't get anybody else to direct it, but okay. <laughs> or write it. <laughs> you're going to write everything in this whole universe. Lanterns, the one you're referring to is True Lantern. Uh, that's how Jordan John Stewart is like Galactic Cop Buddies, but it's supposed to be in the spirit of True Detective. Is it going to be Galactic? I got the sense it was going to be more Earthbound. Well, maybe if I'm it wrong. is Earthbound, I mean, that's going to be lame, so... <laughs> Are they going to be just like actual regular detectives? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I got to tell you, Matt, I'm not. That's going to be not, really stupid. I'm just saying, like, if you're it's how I'm you not got gonna, two Green Lanterns, you know, like, yeah, they're going to be cops. I, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm not going to watch any of this shit. Okay, not, not any well, of these TV. Not any of these TV shows. No. Yeah. this is this all sounds pretty terrible. Like, yeah. again, like I like Waller a lot in the original Suicide Squad comics, but. Like, I don't know that she needs an HBO Max miniseries. Like, I, I kind of agree with that, but I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Maybe it, it'll be good. Maybe they'll come up with some creative way to... Maybe she won't be the, the center of it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know, man. I hope we don't get an origin uh, story, though, because I have a feeling that's what we're going to oh get. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, uh, Paradise, but the Paradise Lost, your Amazons of Thrones... That's going to be like a history of the Amazonian women before uh, Wonder Woman, so it's a prequel in a sense. And then Bob Booster oh, Gold. I mean, I, I can't get excited about that. I just well, Matt, I can't get excited about any of these TV shows. But and this is true of the other ones to some extent too. But it's especially true of the TV series. Is that for all the hype 
um, about this, about the new direction. Like, I feel like all of the, all four of these shows were already like in development. Like, Waller well, they totally a, were. Yeah. yeah, like Waller is a spinoff of of Peacemaker. Uh, you know, they I, granted it sounds like they're going a different direction with True Lantern than they were going to go, but they've been talking about doing a Green Lantern HBO Max series for years. I don't think they'd formally announced Amazon of Thrones, but like that's that's really obvious too, right? Like this. That's the thing that mystifies me about these announcements is that in a lot of ways, they don't actually sound that different from what DC is already doing. Yeah. Why reset everything or just tell good stories with the characters that you do have? Come on. Just... But yeah, like why, <laughs> but also like why, why reset everything, but then not reset everything? Yeah. Which is, that's like eternally the problem of DC, like in the comics too, is it's like, oh, we want a fresh start. But we also think, want things to be just like they were because some of those things were working. And it's just yeah. like, well, pick one. Pick one. <laughs> well, I, then, I guess that's a good way to transition to the films, Bob, because I see that a lot with these films. We've got a Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Which will be Batman and Son. You know, we're getting Damien. Yeah. But I will say that people are bitching in the comments section all around the world because uh, if they include Damien in this particular movie, then they've skipped over the adventures of the three previous Robins. So... Either that or there aren't three Robins. Rob, Damien's the only Robin that's ever been there. Like, we don't know. And mm-hmm. we don't know how they're going to handle that. Are, there, are those other characters going to be part of it? You can, you can see where people are flipping out. You get what I'm saying? I, I can see where they're flipping out. And I sympathize. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, I mean, really, do you expect them to make, like, a Batman and Dick Grayson movie, a Batman and Jason Todd movie, a Batman and Tim Drake movie, a Batman and Stephanie Brown movie, and then you do Damien, like, you know. Well, I think the real problem, though, is that this is going to be the first time that James Gunn's version of Batman appears on screen. Mm -hmm. So this is like the in-canon Batman. Yeah. So if he's in-canon Batman and Damien's already there, then anything they do afterward is going to... Would have to be kind of like, I guess, prequel, if they were going to put Dick Grayson in yeah. or Jason Todd or, or anything you like can, that. But, or you can just have them be around and do stuff with them, but it not. I don't know. But they're so, Nightwing and in Red Hood by then, Bob. They're, they haven't been Robin, and we haven't yeah, seen those great adventures. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, also, I, I will say, I'm I'm going to reserve judgment on the Brave and the Bold and the Superman Legacy movie until I see a trailer. Because those are those are of the of everything that's announced. Those are the only two things I can actually see myself getting into. Yeah. But I'm gonna wait and see what the trailer looks like, and then make a judgment call. But I will say I'm not hostile to the Brave and the Bold as pitched. It sounds good. Like it's a classic Batman story. I mean, as much as and I do love Dick, Jason, and Tim. But like Damien is. I do love Dick and Jason and Tim. But like Damien is more accessible and probably more likely to easily get over with mainstream audiences. Like all this sounds like it makes sense. And if the trailer's good, I'll probably see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally down for brave and the bold. Now Superman legacy is supposed to be like the true start of this new universe. Uh, Gunn says it's the story that takes place with a younger Superman. He, he is Clark Kent. He is a reporter at the daily planet. So it's not Smallville or some shit like that, mm-hmm. but he, mm-hmm. 
people are bitching about it already, but there's not that many details. I mean, how? Yeah, how? How can we do <laughs> I mean, about it when we don't? We we don't even know anything about it yet. It's like we want an older Superman. Like, oh, no, no, I care. I don't care. I just want a good story. <laughs> well, and it does sound like one one reason that has me somewhat hopeful is that it sounds like for both Superman and Batman, Gunn is going to take a lot of inspiration from Grant Morrison's work on both characters. And Grant's work on both characters is some of the best versions of that stuff. So on the one hand, that gives me hope. But on the other hand, it kind of dampens my enthusiasm to a certain extent too, because like we already have a perfect Batman and a perfect Superman and it's Grant Morrison's Batman and Grant Morrison's Superman. And so I don't like, I don't need that stuff in live action to validate it, you know? Yeah. But then Bob, we also have a weird out of nowhere movie coming authority. Yeah. Which is very strange given like you get the impression and maybe I'm wrong, but you get the impression that with the brave and the bold and the Superman, like gun wants to go in a, you know, kind of more like iconic, wholesome direction with the DCU. And the authority would seem to stand in kind of awkward tension with that, you know, because if people aren't familiar, it's a revisionist Wildstorm superhero team. And, you know, it's very much like, oh, what if what if the Justice League were dark and, you know, didn't take any prisoners and really were ruthless? Yeah, kind of like uh, that other show, the one that's on Amazon. <laughs> the Boys. The Boys, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, well, I think the difference is in The Boys, they're evil, and in The Authority, they're good, but they're just ruthless. But That's one I yeah. have the least interest in. I have a feeling that if anything gets, like, Maybe that's just like a passion project for somebody. I don't know. It was a weird inclusion in all of this. I mean, people do love the, so, you know, the original authority writers, Warren Ellis, and then Mark Miller did it for a while. Uh, I, I hate the Miller run, but people think very, very highly of both the Warren Ellis and the Mark Miller stuff. And since the new 52, the authority has been, has been in the DC universe in the comics, but it's always been a little bit of an awkward fit, you know? Right. And then the next film, Bob, Supergirl, which will be a continuing adventure of the character that is introduced in the Flash film. Wait, the, so this is one of these things where we were just reading different things. What the hell are you talking about? My understanding is Supergirl's in the Flash movie. I don't know if you're aware of that. I'm not aware of that. Oh, okay. Supergirl is in the Flash film. Really? She plays a pretty major role. Huh. I don't. We don't know much other than that. Like the costume design is like the black outfit with the big ass s. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's yeah. It's like that look. But yeah, apparently she's getting her own film after the Flash. Huh. Well, so what I knew about it, and this just kind of comes again to where we're getting entirely different things about this. Right. Is like as I understand it, the Supergirl movie sounds like it's going to be an adaptation of the Tom King, Bilkless Everly comic that just wrapped up Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Right. Which is basically just like Supergirl in space having adventures. Did you ever see the John Wayne movie, True Grit? No, but I've actually read some of this, uh, some of this arc you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like, it's an eight issue miniseries. It's a, it's a wonderful comic. Like it's basically like all-star Superman, but for Supergirl. Yeah. It's like really, really good. And like, I love it dearly. It's, it's very new too. I don't, I think it wrapped up like two years ago, maybe, maybe, maybe even less than that. But I don't know. Like, so on the one hand, kind of like with 
the the Grant Morrison elements of Brave and the Bold and Superman Legacy, like it gives me some confidence that oh okay James Gunn may know what he's doing and he's going for great versions of these characters, but then I also just hit that thing of like kind of like with the Grant Morrison stuff. It's like well I've already read the comic and I love it. I sure. I don't need I don't need to see it on the big screen and in some ways I'm afraid seeing it on the big screen kind of cheapens it. See, now we're going back to the whole thing about is the book better than the movie? Well, and I don't, I mean, no, sometimes the movie's better, but I just don't believe that, I don't believe that a DC or a Marvel movie can ever be better than the comic. I don't, I just, I just think the constraints on DC and Marvel movies mean they're never going to be better than the comics. Bob, the final movie on the slate is Swamp Thing. How do you feel about that movie? I, I feel nothing. I mean... Like, okay, the, the first seven Swamp Thing movies, or how I think they just made two, but the, the first set of Swamp Thing movies they made in the 80s didn't catch. The first Swamp Thing TV show didn't catch. The second Swamp Thing TV show didn't catch. Maybe this Swamp Thing movie will catch. Okay, I don't care. Like, again, I like, I like Swamp Thing, but I don't care. Not, not going not gonna to watch that. Depending on trailers, I may watch Bat, Batman, Brave and the Bold, Superman Legacy, and Supergirl, but I, it depends on trailers. All right, Bob, but before that, we have a couple of movies coming out before James Gunn's big uh, universe shakeup. Yeah, and the way Gunn is talking, at least from what I read, it sounds like they are basically, he makes it sound like it's going to be a pretty organic transition uh, from Shazam 2 to Flash to Blue Beetle to Aquaman 2 to the new stuff in 2025. Yeah, as long as the film doesn't uh, fuck up his potential vision, I don't think he cares. But also, all these movies have to still make money somehow, so he can't be like dogging them and saying they're not part of his universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in a really weird position. Like, well, and I mean, it's just that weird thing of it's a it's a full restart except for the five movies we're going to push out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's got to be a post credits thing in Aquaman two. That would be my guess if they're going to do something that introduces everything you know it'll be yeah. post credits aquaman 2 well and i'm still kind of astonished i'm not astonished that Shazam 2 and aquaman 2 are coming out but i still am sort of astonished that flash and blue beetle are coming out <laughs> i i kind of figured they would just do the batgirl route and take the tax credit you know yeah well the blue beetle thing is the is the best part because Apparently, nothing nothing in the movie is significant enough to affect James Gunn's vision. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he keeps prefacing it with it. It could be part of the, the new <laughs> DC Universe. It could be. I think yeah. he's waiting to see if people actually like it or not. Like, have to yeah. see how well it does in the box office before he's like, no, we're going to put that one in the Elf Worlds category. Well, and it's interesting because it's like they've ruled out that Henry Cavell will come back as Superman. Yeah. Uh, but they they haven't ruled out that Jason Momoa or Gail Godot or whoever plays Shazam will come back, you know? Right. Yeah. And I guess they haven't even ruled out that Ezra Miller, uh, who plays The Flash, will come back. Although I think probably it's a safe assumption that after her, after Flash, we'll see a different Flash. Yeah, I think that people are already people are speculating that you know the Flash film is going to reset everything. That'll be the ending to that. And then yeah. some characters will come back as their same look. Some won't. Some will be the same actor. Some won't. Because yeah. I'm sure John Cena is still going to be Peacemaker in uh, 
the Waller TV series. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is interesting about, like, how much is this just James Gunn still wants Peacemaker to be, to be unaffected versus how much is it, like, DC's like, oh, we've we've sunk all this money into these shitty movies. <laughs> so you can, you can do a fresh start, but it has to continue from these. <laughs> yeah. So, Bob, in that Elseworlds category, though, we do have two films that will be coming out. Uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman 2. Matt, Matt, call it by its name. Bat-Pat 2. Uh, Thank I'm you. I'm not saying Bat, Bat-Pat. That's just so... Uh, just to give you a heads up, Bob, people are saying Mr. Freeze is the villain. That doesn't sound inspiring. <laughs> I, I'm just letting you know. And then the, the Joker 2 with the, the long-ass title. I don't remember what it is. Dead. Yeah, Fall, fall I Do, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's coming as well. So you'll have those films. And then you got Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn. So. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how it does seem like DC is just assuming that Elseworlds will work. Which, I mean, I think they're right. But it is kind of interesting that they're willing to go that direction. Because, you know, with Joker with Joker 1, they'd already sort of... And, and with bat-pat one they'd already kind of been in that direction anyway so it's just it's a that is an interesting departure from marvel's approach i will say i'm just very surprised that the movie people think we're smart enough at this point to handle having a regular canon and then an else worlds we've come a long way yeah we have <laughs> we have and again i'm i'm not the target audience for this stuff because it's like i don't really like superhero movies that much despite the fact that i regularly podcast with you about them but um, like i don't know i'm still just kind of astonished that other than creature commandos uh damien being in brave and the bold and the authority like nothing in this was actually surprising and what in either wasn't already announced as being in development or like, you know, you're kind of surprised it wasn't already in development, like the Amazon of Thrones thing. I don't know. I just kind of an underwhelming slate for me. Although, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm glad the Snyderverse is dead. Fuck the Snyderverse. So who knows? <laughs> Bob has very strong opinions on the Snyderverse. I thought maybe, I thought maybe it could work eventually if they kept throwing shit out. But... Matt, on a long enough time horizon, everything could work. <laughs> So that's pretty much our coverage on uh, all the news that's come out this week. You know, James Gunn, he's constantly like running his mouth. So well, I'm sure we'll have more information as the weeks come. But uh, we will say this, guys: go watch Gods and Monsters, Justice League, Gods and Monsters. It's on HBO Max. Check it out. It's well worth your time. And also, uh, you know, maybe don't go see the movies, but definitely read All Star Superman, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Batman and Son. All good comics. Yeah, get get the get the comics in there before you go see the films. Respect to the source material. No, don't put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not a question of fidelity. It's just a question of quality. Look, Matt, you're sounding like you're sounding like Sherry. You're you're assuming <laughs> that just because somebody commits adultery, they'll also commit treason. That's a little bit of preview for uh, our next week's episode on Black Panther. <laughs> so this has been Uncanny Tracks on Gods and Monsters, both the animated film and the upcoming slated DC films. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.